We are raw and real Western women who have endured the fires of life. And though we carry the brands of our trials, we are learning how to satisfy our thirst with the well water that comes from the only one that can truly satisfy, Jesus. Journey with us as we explore an unlimited range of topics. We will discuss our personal experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, along our beautiful journeys to the well, and so much more. Water up! Um, let's talk about the brokenness that the ranch pretty much brought together and he, well I mean God healed it but the ranch brought definitely life. brought out the brokenness and I think it was all marriage related for the most part so I think that that's where the biggest start came was realizing that you and I could start relating and then that opened up my eyes to other women who were struggling in the same aspect but weren't being vocal about it either but whenever I think we start being honest with ourselves and where we were at, that allowed us to see, oh, we're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and then your heart melts for other people because you don't want them struggling alone like you did. You, you want to heal people. You want to lift them up and bring them all together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Was it the two of you coming together and building a friendship and realizing that you weren't alone in your struggles that drove you to the realization of starting the Bible study? That's yes. what you were saying? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. It did. I was actually in the tractor one day and I messaged her and I was like, we need a Bible study. It's like, we have a church, but we need a Bible study. Like, we need to get a group of ladies together. And I was like, we need to pray. Let's pray about who we're going to have at this Bible study. It was like not even a week later. He was like Sarah, Jill, and then there was like several other people, you know, that joined it too. And then it was just like, boom, we're doing this and we need you to attend. Like, yep. it's not a no, like you're coming. It happened so quickly because it, it was. I was like, let's do this. And it's like, oh, we're doing this. It's tonight. You're yeah. like, the, the sweats were just overtaking us. And the, the first the, night, Katie was like, oh my God, I've got pit sweat. Just so nervous. And now she like, can get up in front of people and not even be nervous. I yeah. like talking. Like, it was just like, they're going to think I'm weird or I'm going to say something wrong, you know, or it was just like, like that whole night, like after everybody left, I was just like, that is not how it was supposed to go. Like I had a straight up pissy fit with God and God was like, it's not about you, Katie. It's about what I'm doing, like, take a step back, like, hold up, like, it's going to be fine. Mm. Like, That's okay. so true. That yep. is so true. It was, like, I had a hard time, and, like, Satan hit it hard. Like, our first round of Bible study, our first few, like, he hit it from every angle, and yes, there was some things that went down. It just, it was, it was tough. But, man, we endured, and we made it here today. Overcomers. So. Um. I remember the night that you messaged me, and you messaged me on Messenger because you didn't have my phone number. <laughs> I'm seeing I've got a pattern here. It's a pattern. This one. Jill's like, yeah, no, this one. <laughs> and I read the message, and I looked at it, and I didn't even think about it. Immediately, I felt that peace that you feel in your heart when you know that you're on the right path or doing the right thing, like that warm, fuzzy little feeling that comes over you, and you're like, yes, I'm supposed to do that. Yes. That right there, I'm supposed to do that. And there was no hesitation. And I think I had messaged you back right away and was like, yes, I, I'm, com I'm coming. I will do this. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And, you know, if you need a minute to think about it, it was some, you know, something like that. <laughs> nope. I'm supposed to go. There was that automatic, you know, the Holy Spirit just covered it and said, 
Don't worry about the people you don't know. Don't worry about the faces you haven't met. You are supposed to be there. Yep. And it was instantaneous. Right. And I never questioned it. So that was that was powerful enough for me to know that I was fixing to be in the right spot. God definitely orchestrated every inch of it like he just he just did. Mm-hmm. From the people that were prayed for, knowing what everybody was going through. Like he literally brought each one of us and like I just keep sitting here <coughs> reflecting on it. I'm like, Man, he's good. Yeah. Man, yeah. he's good. Especially that that initial nervousness because, man, having to open up or invite people into your home or into your kitchen and cooking, and that alone is Mm nerve-wracking. None of us were hostesses. No. No. We become hostesses, though. We are great. (laughs) We didn't even sit in the living room. We were always standing in the kitchen. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just our thing is the kitchen. But, you know... That's like where the most love is made. It's where you prepare meals for your family. That's where you, you know, take your minute to just kind of reflect from your day as you're doing mm-hmm. that and the kids are doing whatever and the husbands or whatever. Like, there's just something about a kitchen. There it's is. the heart of your home. It is. Yeah. And man, in the heart of that home, it built the broken women back to where we are today. It did. It did. And like, all the there kids. Was tears yeah. shed, prayers prayed. Like, it was phenomenal. It mm-hmm. was. And I, I love the fact that our kids and our husbands could see it. Mm-hmm. Like they could come and, you know, come in and out. And they un- they understood that there was something mighty at work. Absolutely. More than what we could ever mm-hmm. explain or ever begin to realize what was starting. Yeah. People don't gather anymore. Like that's not a thing. Like everybody's so against each other. Like there's not a gathering anymore. Mm-hmm. That's Satan's greatest plan is to keep us away. Isolation, push everybody apart. Like... Who even goes to family functions anymore because they're all broken? Like you can't mm-hmm. stand, you can't stand this one or these are fighting over here, so we're not going to do this. So it's like, why go? And that's exactly what Satan wants is to tear everybody apart. Mm-hmm. But like our brokenness brought all of our families together, mm-hmm. and Satan can't touch what God's built. And I just, I'm a firm believer in that, and He's built it strong, and there's just no way. Speak it into existence. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just. It's such a hard thing. Like, restoration is a big deal to me, man. It's just, you come from a broken home or you come from, you know, broken family or whatever. So much brokenness. Like, we had the Son of God who came here, died a horrible death on the cross to save us. And we're over here sitting here broken when he has forgiven us and is showing us the way. And we're just too stubborn to follow. Like, what are you doing? Like, pave the path. Like, let's do this. If I got brokenness, mm-hmm. I, God is faithful. We're going to go through, and it's going to be fine. It's going to be rough. It's going to pass like a kidney stone, but it's going to be fine. We're going to make it through. We're going to make it through. And then the joys of picking up others along the way. Yep. Like I, I think that was the, the greatest breakthrough for me is seeing that other people can get that weight off of their shoulders that, mm-hmm. like you said, he died on the cross for that. Why are we trying to carry it whenever he already did? Mm-hmm. Yep. Harry buried that cross for us. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of that amongst ourselves and amongst others who were in our group throughout the years. Yeah. We saw a lot of that. Yep, we did. And we even started with a, a good book, too. I think we all struggled to pray. Like, we all had, like, were able to pray, but, like, how to truly pray for your spouse or truly pray for your kids. And we started off, I think, with the perfect good book God had placed in front of us and that was the power of a praying life 
And that book was given to me by a woman who I just think hung the moon. Her name is Jennifer Puckett, and I worked for them for a long time. And I took care of her son, who has the cerebral palsy. And I got to see what a true family was like together. Like, they had four kids, and it was just like, they were like the perfect couple, man. And I was just, when I get married, I want to be like that. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer just has a heart of gold, and she just really showed me what it was like to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And she gave me that book when me and Keegan got married, and it was her own book that she had written down things about her and her husband and I got to reflect on them and see their troubles and how she prayed and it just like touched me years before we even started this and then I was so happy to be able to share her journey along with my journey mm -hmm. so and what a wonderful example she set of being able to open up to others to you to give you her book yeah. with her notes that had shared her secrets the mm -hmm. ones you keep deep down locked yeah, in yeah. there and that's that's a good example to set it is well, I feel like that's what the first book kind of laid out for, I don't know about anybody else, but for myself, it showed me what I was doing wrong in my marriage and how I was tearing it down and how I was not getting a good result with my husband because I was nagging, I was mean, you know, I, w I wasn't doing the things that the Bible says you're supposed to do as a Proverbs 31 woman or as a Proverbs 31 wife I wasn't setting the example so of course I wasn't getting the results but if you would have asked me that when we started the Bible study I'd be like no it wasn't me I'm not the problem whatever you know I mean everybody mm -hmm. contributes to the problem it takes two to really work but the fact that I realized that I was a big part of the problem and I could solve a lot of the issues on myself that was a big thing for me because I grew up thinking I'm not the problem mm -hmm. you know I'm fine I think we all have that what I did what I did was not wrong <laughs> I mean we, we all do it's our flesh. it is well that and I think, think the devil feeds on that too and that's another way that he can keep our us from actually facing the problem and fixing it too yep and then there was me who, as we went through the book, I didn't have a husband to apply what we were learning to. There was often times when I wondered, what purpose does this serve for me? Like, I'm, I'm learning all kinds of great things, all this is wonderful, but why? What purpose does it serve? And I just kept taking notes, and I kept highlighting, and I kept reading, and I kept praying, and I kept coming. And... Now here we are today with a restored and healed family, and I get to apply all the things that mm -hmm. we learned. It's funny how he works, you know. At that time, you were just like, why? And I'm yeah. sure it was probably like rubbing a sore with some sandpaper, you know. Like, what am I supposed to, supply, you know, apply yeah. this to? And mm -hmm. I'm still struggling with this. Like, how am I supposed, you know. But God already had a plan, and he already marked it now. And the things that you learned, it was like the wisdom that you could keep and learn and now applying it today you're a better wife now than you've ever been yes. you know and, and ever learning but able to utilize now the things that I've learned and you spoke it into existence back then I don't know if you remember I do but you said maybe he's preparing you for your husband to come mm -hmm. that was what you said yeah yeah and he's not the same person either no he's not and, like, we, we prayed over that, 
There were some bumpy roads, but we prayed over that, and he is better than he has been. Yes. And sometimes it just takes that, and God worked miracles through a tragedy that tore a lot of people up and the surrounding people around it and all the things that went with it, but look at that beautiful picture now. Yes. And just like you said, you never stopped coming. You endured all of that. I'm sure that the devil was working in every crack to say you shouldn't be there. Why are you going? This doesn't apply to me, things like that. And you found your reasoning through that each time. And it's funny because there was a sense of like wonderment or why present, but it wasn't strong. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lord covered it. I think he covered it and eased it and didn't make it a burden Mm -hmm. because there was purpose in it. And he didn't want it to override the good that was coming from meeting and from studying that book and from praying with y'all and from just everybody's presence in general Mm -hmm. that the why of that question didn't overtake it. And like Jill was talking about how it basically was like a self-reflection. Like you, even though you were reading it and couldn't apply it to a husband, but you applied it to yourself and you had time to work on the things that God was showing you that you needed to work on. Like he did in all of us. You know, and you had time to get those things right. So when that restoration between you and Joel did come, you knew exactly where you needed to be. You knew exactly how God needed you and how you could set that example for him. Because I think that was where he struggled, too, is he didn't have an example or people that surrounded him for that, yes. you know. Or, you know, he had them, but he just wasn't around them. Yeah. You know. Yep. No, that's right. So. And at the end of every chapter, it was a prayer for your husband to lift him up and to submit to him. Mm -hmm. And I think even through some of the rough points, you still sat down and prayed for him. Mm -hmm. And if you had nothing else to say, you just read that (laughs) and close the book. Because sometimes you're like, I don't want to pray this nice prayer for anybody else. I want somebody to pray for me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yep. But I think the whole the whole book throughout just kind of taught us how to humble ourselves and put somebody else up. And God always rewards that whether it be now or later, it's always rewarded when the action's not selfish. That's right. Cause in that point, it's not looking for something in return. It is you, no matter how that other person was treating you, Okay, I need to pray for them because obviously they're struggling. You started seeing them in a different light of, uh-huh. well, they're not angry at necessarily you, but something that went on that day that didn't go right. So pray for them to have a better day or mm-hmm. to be able to get past that tribulation that they're in. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about wanting some, you know, somebody pray for me, you know, kind of thing, it's like in the in the realization of under, understanding that you you're a part of the problem. It's like if you have two things pulling on the same deal and nobody wants to give, well, initially it's going to break. I mean, divorce, separation, you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. takes. As hard-headed as I am and, like, I do not want to lose control, like I want to be in control and I want to be right, like everybody wants to be right. But in it for me, like, I had to step down or it would have broke. He had no idea, you know, he just flesh, you know, doing what he does and then here I am, I'm just like, I'm going to church every time the doors are open and I'm doing this and you're not doing nothing. And I'm like, God, why aren't you doing this? Like, what is going on? And the whole time, like, God's like, you're going to have to give. 
you're going to have to give. You're yeah. being completely selfish right now. And I'm over here fighting. Like, don't you see him? Like, what about him? Isn't he being selfish? Well, he's not listening right now. You are. You're going to have to give. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a major, like, okay. And then you stop fighting fire with fire. And then you totally humble yourself and bite your lip. And you can't use all that cool little ammo that you have in there packed up. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll use that on you later. You this just way, wait. Say something. Wait. Yeah, say I'm it. keeping that in. I'm keeping that keeping for that next in. time. God's like, you got to get rid of all that. And I'm just yeah. like, but that was a good one. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> what I have is better. And you need, you need to, if you're going to want him to do this, you're going to have to set that example mm-hmm. for him because he don't have it. Yeah. And it's just like, fine, but that battle of giving up your flesh and your pride and all of that, I think is yeah. the worst battle that you will ever conquer. And once you figure out you're tearing down your home, like it's, that was it for me. When I realized God was like, yeah, you are in church every day and you are doing the things of the Proverbs 31 woman, but you're ungrateful. You complain. You know, it started laying everything down about me. I was laying things down about my husband. Why aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, look at him. He's like, okay, you laid that down about him. Here's three things about you. And I'm like, well, that is just rude. <laughs> you know, like I'm up here at five o'clock in the morning praying because he needs to be whatever is wrong with him. And you're over here laying things about me. Like, he's like, yeah, it's got to start somewhere. And it's mm-hmm. going to start with you because you're the willing vessel. You are here. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, there's got to be a willing vessel. And. Sometimes in marriage, you only have one. That's right. Mm-hmm. That was definitely and the biggest struggle to accept was it had to start with each of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had all felt we all felt like we had been wronged in some way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as ranch women, that's even a bigger struggle because we are so independent. I don't know about anybody else. I don't need no man. Yeah. I can hook up and drive the trailer myself. We don't need to do it. You know, like we have this. I got it. I don't need you. <laughs> I kind of do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you have to humble yourself even more. I feel like whenever you're more of a a self, self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. Yeah. There you go. That's what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, We're (laughs) we're taught our whole lives to be strong and to be independent. Go out there and get it done. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you get it done. Just go get it done. And so we find ourselves being able to do a lot, Mm -hmm. and then it starts getting to our to our heads, I think, where right. I've got this, I don't need you, I've got this, or mm-hmm. and you find yourself not even asking, where our men are like, hello, I could have helped you, yeah. I would yeah. love to help you, like, it is in their mm-hmm. nature to provide and to protect, and we don't allow that natural instinct to come through. Yeah, we kind of just brush it off most of the time, I got it, I got it. Yeah, I mean, well, then you know. that starts tearing them down, right? and mm-hmm. we don't see that. Mm-hmm. You think of men not having feelings or whatever. I'm sorry, but they are the most emotional creatures yes, they are. on the earth. <laughs> they really are. Yes, they are. He's so sensitive today. Yeah. I know. I'm like, why? You know, I just wanted to help you. And I'm just like, I didn't need help. I know that, but I just wanted to help you. You can at least just let me, you know. But I, I'm prob- I'm the hard-headed one, I guess, in the family and Keegan's all the time. Like, if you just step back and listen to me, and I'm like, I will not. I will not. Like, you are not driving this boat, you know, and that was the biggest thing that I had to give up is maybe he does have some good points. I'm not going to tell him that, but I'm like, wait for a few minutes. I'm going to say the same thing in my own words and be like, yeah, and we're all going to yeah. Do you know how often I hear that? He's right, but let's not tell him that. Yeah. We admit that he's right, Yeah. But we can't let him know that. Well, we're going to wait a couple of days and reword what he said and be like, isn't that a great idea? And they're going to be like, yeah, that's what I said like three days ago. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Or like oh. the whole, oh, he's right. 
<laughs> and then you have to drop your head, and you're like, oh, great. And he's like, what? And I'm like, all right. You're right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I think that the biggest thing that I personally got out of studying that book was how to be silent and wait. I didn't have anybody to exercise my voice on. So I had to just intake and, and learn and read and pray. There, there, was no, um, there was no output. There was nowhere to go with that except for God and to pray. But there was no significant other to say and, you know, share things to or with or point things out to. And so I had to just be silent. So now I catch myself. When something does arise, I'm not as quick to try and control the outcome or, you know, shift it to my will or that's our flesh and our nature. So I Mm -hmm. do, I guess you could say to some extent still, but I find that I'm slower to just try and manipulate it, that I look at it with more perspective and try to see it fully and pray over it Mm -hmm. before addressing it. Right. And that's something I'm ever working on, of course. Yeah. That's one of the things I think that was the biggest that I got out of that was just to be quiet just a week. Mm-hmm. Didn't you get the one for the children? Like, I think that was me. Was that you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, even even through that, here we're, we're talking about our spouse, our husband, and soon to be um, at that time, right? But in the midst of it, we also had kids. And I know for my kids, their demeanor changed throughout it as well because because we changed. They seen mm-hmm. that peace come over us. They seen where we could actually conquer our troubles because of God's word. And yeah. that is our sword. And being able to see them change and them be calm mm-hmm. where they were always coming from. Mom's hectic. Mom is a little stressed out. Dad's stressed out. And so whenever we started fixing ourselves, not only did that have a reflection on our husbands, but also our kids and them being able to start their own social group while we were there Mm -hmm. and have the healthy friendship and that healthy family where all of our kids could come together and play. And a lot of times I don't think they realized what they were gathering from it. And, but we can see it whenever we reflect on it and oh, how they've grown and Mm -hmm. they, they don't rush out, you know, anymore. And a lot of times they want to listen to y'all just a little bit. And it's, it's, it's a powerful thing whenever they see the adults in their life come together and form that friendship. And my middle child even came to me the other day and she's like, Mom, will I ever have friends like you do? And I said, baby, it took me 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's something about it. I said, you know, whenever you get a strong core, you have to hold on to it and pray and hold each other mm-hmm. accountable and be that honest love. I think that for me, that's the biggest part of our group is we can be honest with each other, but it's not out of hatred. It's not out mm-hmm. of anger. It's not just, you know, to be spiteful. It's all out of love to help each other grow mm-hmm. yeah. and for each of us to be strong enough to reflect on ourselves and listen to that feedback and be able to try to steer ourselves in different directions. And uh, I, I think our kids have grown a lot through just seeing that work, seeing us pile around that, well, that, that table. And, you know, like you grow up as a kid and you think your parents are perfect. That's what you're supposed to be. That's what you're supposed to grow up like. Like 
but it also bringing a group to the table it gives them other moms to look up to it gives them other ways to view things and it also gives them a view of hey I'm not perfect but this is how we fix it this is how we go about it like we address it we don't just ignore it throw it on the table and it's still a daily struggle with most of the things like still from the first book like I still struggle with wanting to control things and stuff like that but it's less Mm -hmm. and so building on that is just a consistent process and I feel like them seeing us grow closer together through that but also getting a safe place to go play like or a different viewpoint from somebody else like say if she didn't want to come to me with something she could go to some any one of y'all and y'all would lead her in the right direction important to surround yourself in good company and people who parent the same and people who have the same beliefs and stuff like that like it's Mm -hmm. good for your kids they still get excited about bible study like every monday they're like oh are we doing bible study you know and it's just like it's something they get excited about Mm -hmm. and whether it just be the food or maybe just the friends it doesn't matter because it's all coming together for one and they know what we're doing in there they're learning how to fellowship yep Mm -hmm. yeah in good accord yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah Macy's grown so much from all this, being an only child and it, watching her play with all the other kids, she blossomed more from that than she has from anything. Yeah. And, you know, she got fearless and athletic and all of a sudden started wanting to try new things and not have to be, you know, kind of persuaded to or pushed. Mm-hmm. And she just became all about it, you know, and that was because of our group and because of the fellowship that mm-hmm. happened with the kids while we met and watching the growth in her is much like experiencing the growth that we have in ourselves in our group it's done good things for all of us and I think that especially like in your time such a hard time like Macy was back and forth you know yeah. and it created a good consistency yeah. and no one you know like yeah. okay Maybe that, you know, kept her mind off the things that were going on, yeah, too. Yeah, so. I've had a bad weekend, but it's Monday, and I can still play. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, is it Monday yet? And she's always has something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Uh, probably the, the best thing is doing it in the open. Yep. We did not try to seclude ourselves. We did not say, no, y'all stay home, kids stay home. Mm-hmm. We invited everybody. We made mm-hmm. sure it was an open-door policy. Now, whenever we started the Bible study and started speaking, then everybody just tend to clear out, you know, go out, let us, let us do the mm-hmm. talks and the prayers that we were led to do. But that door was completely open. We prayed before we ate and did it as a whole group. I mean, and there were a lot of people crammed in that kitchen. I, I would love to count it up to pull everybody in and, and, and see, but. But everybody had their own area. We had ours. The kids were, you know, in and out. The husbands at the barn. Like, we were all still united as a family. But here we are. We're fighting battles for our family, you know. Men are more driven to, you know, let's work. Let's make money for the family. Like, we'll put this aside, do this later. Like, we were fighting for our families, fighting for our children in prayer. And I just think that's important. Like, it's important to have a group that you can fight the battles with. And it's just not something that's around them where everybody's so separated and mm-hmm. they don't find that. And I just think that it's so important. 
is important and we're called the Bible calls us to mm-hmm. calls us to fellowship calls us to come together as a body calls us to lean on our brothers and sisters it doesn't say hide out in your homes Mm-mm. it doesn't say stay away from everybody because you're afraid you're going to get sick it says to come together mm-hmm. it says iron sharpens iron and if you're sitting home you're getting a little rusty yep we're supposed to be like reservoirs man <coughs> we're supposed to take in the word and we're supposed to worship but if you keep it all in, then it's not going to go nowhere. You're going to get stagnant. You're supposed to release it and witness and go and be together and be like, man, this is what God did for me today. God's really speaking to me. I mean, how often through text or whatever are we like, oh, my gosh, this is what God said. you got to watch this video. Yeah. Like, we are meant to be reservoirs. We are supposed to take it in and spread God's word. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to tell about the good news and how you work. Like, everybody's got problems. I'm sorry. Like, nobody lives a perfect life. If you do, then please tell me how you do it. But... <laughs> Nobody's perfect, and everybody's got this concept of, oh, we have a perfect life. Let's do this. Like, no, you don't. Like, where's it at? Like, what do you struggle with? You know, like, it's okay to struggle. Like, man, it's where you grow is your struggles. Like, let's do this. Like, show me how you've grown. Like, I want to know. I want to see your growth. I want you to tell me. I want to be inspired. Like, what has God done for you? Mm-hmm. And I want to pray for the person yes, of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like, man, if you've had this... Let's tell your testimony. There's somebody out there who needs to hear it. Like, mm-hmm. why are you standing here quiet? Don't be stagnant. You are a reservoir, man. Let it go. Like, get it out there. That's right. That's where I think we messed up so many years ago was holding it in ourselves mm-hmm. and not coming together and being open when we knew. Yeah. I knew you were struggling. I knew you struggled. I know you like, were too. We like, it was just, but you don't think about it like that. You think. She doesn't want to be bothered, That's you know, right. like you just throw it off and whatever, and then don't talk about it. I think that was another thing that was such a eye opener was at that kitchen table, anybody could come in with any problem at all, crying, whatever, and we would, we'd all get up, we'd all th- lay hands on them and we'd all pray about it. Yep. Like you'd pray, I'd pray, somebody else would pray. And it, and it was just such an uplifting experience, and it just shows the power of laying hands on people and praying, yep. just whatever the problem is. And the fact that we could just so easily come to that kitchen table with whatever it was, you didn't even have to speak the problem out loud. You could just come in crying, and we would get up and pray for you. We got you. And out, and out of nowhere, somebody would hit the nail on the head, and it yes. would be prayed for and Without covered. question. Yep. Mm-hmm. Without question. God always let it, and I feel like that was where we grew a lot as a group was through that, just laying hands on each other and praying. The Holy Spirit was definitely present. Mm-hmm. We're two or more gathered. That's yes. right. And we were gathered. Yes. <laughs> we were gathered, and he was there, and it's, it's crazy when we come together like that, whether it didn't matter who we were praying over or what the issue was, you could feel his presence, you could feel mm-hmm. his love, you could feel his protection, you could feel it. There was no question in regards to whether or not he was hearing what was being said, mm-hmm. yep. ever. Where you are weak, I am strong, and that's exactly what he showed at that table. Mm-hmm. Because we were all so broken. There was, how many of us were there? Was there six at one? There was. Six. six. Yes. There was. And, uh, man, we were shattered. We were more than broken. We were shattered, and... What works he he did in those moments. Yep. Well, that and the devil hit us hard at that point, but mm-hmm. it made us even stronger. Because we worked Because of it. it, yeah. Because we brought it to the table. That's right. 
He doesn't have to work according to how we think. How we, like, I got in trouble this morning, Lord, slapped my hand this morning. And it's like all because it didn't turn out the way I thought it should. And God was like, I'm not worried about what you, no, it's about what I have have here. It's not about how you see it. It's how it's going to be how I put it through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's oftentimes it's like, this is what we expect. Like I prayed for my husband to do this, this, and this, but it's not turning out like it may not have been sealed. You may have not been, um, what is that brought to get brought back together or whatever, but God is faithful and he works and those seeds were planted. And you have, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's to come, you right. know, during those times. And it's just basically just praying until you get in. How many prayers did we pray and they came to pass? We have a restored marriage, yeah. a very hearty restored marriage. We have growth here with Jill and Jake, mainly in you. Mm-hmm. Like the growth and the things that you have changed. You're now getting to be more home. Mm-hmm. Got yep. stage five clinger. Yes. <laughs> we played that all stage wrong. Five yeah, we did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Y'all telling me to be the clinger, and it was just, it was, yeah. it was all on Jake. He, yeah. he got it all. You know, Lori said that, and then a week later, she was like, You won't leave me alone. And I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that we started out praying for, like, I, I had started out praying for a long time ago. Whenever we lived in Grosbeck, I started out praying for like a different job for Jake. And now one has come and he's home more. And it's a huge blessing, even though the devil tries to throw in a bunch of things that, you know, to break it up and make it annoying or point out the bad things about it. Like it's a huge blessing that we're both able to be home more. Even like if you have to take a pay cut or whatever, like it's, a blessing just because that's what I prayed for you know a couple years ago I never thought it would happen I never thought I'd be able to quit travel nursing but I have been able to and it I've been able to get enough hours you know thank the Lord because otherwise I wouldn't have to go back and I really don't want to but I can see that he's slowly placing the you know footstones down for us to move forward with this and grow me here or there and to be home more and to be able to go to church on Sundays and things like that, it's just, it's a blessing. Just paving the way. I, I remember praying over it in our group for things yeah. to start happening. And mm-hmm. here we are yeah. getting to actually watch them grow and blossom out. Yeah. And, you know, with you and Jess, yeah. like things, he's a minister now. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing wonderful things and you are growing especially in your communication skills like nobody has to wait six months to get your phone number anymore like we can actually text (laughs) you know at least in this group but I mean like we've we've just grown so much and like y'all have taught me so much even through y'all struggles and the things that y'all deal with and things like I have learned so much in myself you know with the things that I need to apply and it doesn't bother me to bring something to y'all be like man I'm struggling with this Give me a different perspective. Mm-hmm. There's no shame. No. There can't be. There can't be shame. Like, mm-hmm. you bring it before. Like, why are, why are we, why am I struggling here? Like, is it something I'm doing? Like, give me a different point of view. I know for a little while I had messaged Misty about some things between me and Keegan. And I was just like, this has been an ongoing problem. Like, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Because right now I'm fixing to blow my top and I know this is not what I need to do. And like, given a whole different perspective on it, it's like, okay. I'm going to take a step back for a minute. I'm not going to blow up. We're going to have a civil conversation. But had not, like, I would have went in there and destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, just hold just up just let a it minute go. and think of it from this way. Yeah. You know, and I've 
talk to y'all about things. It's just like the different perspective on it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need that in order not to go in there and trash things up. Right. You need a growing moment here for mm-hmm. you both because once you get in there and you start fighting fire with fire, you're not going to do nothing but create a big mess. Right. And then like vice versa, your viewpoint speaks to me a lot on a lot of the things that I wouldn't have ever thought about it that way, you know. Like I never would have thought from somebody else's viewpoint. It's just such a, it helps you grow so much just getting it out in the air and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's the hardest part is getting it out there and talking about it. Yeah. You worried, oh, what everybody thinks. And like, I don't even care anymore. If I got a problem, I'm like, listen, I'm going to lay this down here and I'm going to need y'all to give me some good feedback because I'm struggling. Well, yeah. I think it too, not just the feedback, but the prayers. Yes. Like even though we might not be all there together to pray, but I know good and well, if I send a message out to y'all, I know immediately that I will be lifted up in prayer. Absolutely. No mm-hmm. doubt in my mind. And I think with that combination is where you see the potential growth. You're not meant to fight battles by yourself. No. You need a, we are all in war together, a spiritual war, and nobody looks at that anymore just it's war between flesh like you are not fighting with flesh you are fighting with spirit and this is and that's just what it is like we're all souls here it's like men in black you know we're the little aliens inside you know that's exactly i mean it's the only way i know how to you know refer it to like you're a soul man your husband's a soul the people around you are you're battling with their spirits that they have there whether it be you know, emotional spirits they're dealing with, you know, demonic spirits, whatever it may be, like, everybody's fighting a battle. Mm-hmm. You're not fighting against flesh. That's right. It's just a capsule. It's not going to go with us, but what's inside is. Mm-hmm. That's why you know? we have to bring in the lion. Yes, bring <laughs> in the lion. So it's important to have a group that'll pray for you and they'll fight battles for you when you're too weak to. Because there's sometimes you don't have no words, but when you can surround yourself with whoever and they're fighting in battles for you, it's It's a stronghold. Yep. Yep. Watch too much growth and too too many things happen to not believe in prayer, and I think that's something that needs to come back to people to pray. Like, I don't care if you're in the middle of Walmart. Like, if you led to pray, like, walk up, like, can I pray with you? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this, and, like, I know you're struggling. People don't want to pray no more. They're embarrassed to. Mm-hmm. How was yeah. your day? Oh, it was good. No, I'm blessed. I'm alive. My family is good. Thank you for asking. Jesus is good. Like, why don't we do that? It's just, yeah. you have that opportunity to minister with just the, hey, how are you today? <laughs> Not just the, okay, mm-hmm. I am blessed. Uh, my family is healed. We have a home to live in. Like, in these times of days when everything costs outrageous, like, mm-hmm. we are good. Yeah. We're staying afloat. Thank you for asking. God is good. How is your day? How has God, what has God done for you? Yeah. And be sincere. Yep. We well, miss opportunities all the time to spread the good cheer. And I, I'm world's worst about it. Yeah. You know, we all have a tendency to go to the negative. Yep. And that's part of the way the devil works too, is just planting the negative. Oh, you're not perfect little family over here. You know, just have a terrible day. You never yep. know. Yep. I agree. so I think the main thing is is self-reflection you got to look at yourself before you can start pinpointing anybody else Mm -hmm. because we are all a work in progress and God definitely he will definitely take the log out of 
my eye before he takes the splinter out of your eye. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's just it. It's a self-reflection. Nobody wants to do that because they don't want to be, you know, in the wrong. They want to be the victim. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, number one example right here, I did. I was setting up my own destruction and then going to God like I'm the victim. And he's like, what are you doing? You started all this. Like, why are you coming over here being like, look what he did. Like, it's exactly what I was doing. I didn't see it like that at the time, but the police pointed out to me. Our flesh and uh-huh. our emotions, our flesh drives our emotions and our perspectives to get in the way of the perspective he's trying to show us. And like you said earlier, that's why our core is so important because he will speak through each of you to speak to me, mm-hmm. to share the perspectives that need to be shared so I mm-hmm. can see straight. Yep. Because my flesh and my emotions don't let me see straight. That's right. And that's applies to each of us differently but it does the corrective criticism nobody wants to be corrected nobody wants to be corrected Mm -hmm. but when it's done out of love like sometimes you're just gonna have to accept it and sit for a minute and let it sink in so rebuke and love yep for sure well that and like sometimes we're wrong but even about things that you know that God's leading us to do like God was like when we finished the first book God was obviously leading us to expand we obviously didn't pick the podcast first. We had picked just a bigger group. We were like, okay, more women want to come. Let's let's expand. Let's do another book. Let's, you know, this is great. Let's share it. And so, yes, we expanded, but God was like, wait a minute. That's not exactly what I wanted y'all to do. Exactly. So we got into the second. Was it, we, did we do two books with the bigger group? Yes, or we did it, two. We did we two. We did the love language book and then the get out of get your, out of your head. head. And neither one of them were just... Like we didn't get nowhere. We didn't get nowhere. that we felt when we did the power of praying life. We right? got stagnant. Like I feel like it just didn't go anywhere. And, and the other women we added were great. And we got to minister to them some, but like it wasn't near as powerful because it wasn't exactly what God wanted us to do so it was kind of a lesson in the growing but Mm -hmm. you know we were wrong at that point but he used it also to show us hey this is not exactly where I want you to go step it back a little bit and then go from there he had to bring us there was definitely purpose yeah us not necessarily going down the wrong path but venturing in a direction we thought we were supposed to but choosing wrong there was definitely purpose in it it Mm -hmm. showed us yes we're supposed to expand but he said this is not how i want you to expand Mm -hmm. but i think also through that time it allowed us to build even more confidence with a larger group which in the beginning i don't feel like we had because we were very comfortable within ourselves but then outside of that that wasn't yeah. A, a question and those people came knocking on at the door to us yes. and I think really a lot of them had struggled and were struggling and um, I think it was a good reflection of what people were seeing and hearing mm-hmm. was going yeah. on because sure. we all had at least one or two people that were like hey can, can we come can we join your Bible study mm-hmm. which yes expanding was a good idea and that's where God was leading us but it was kind of a little bit of a detour I think it's not where we needed to stay yeah and Mm -hmm. I I think we had to draw it back to harden our core and Mm -hmm. to make it stronger because at that point it was almost 
it almost got to the point of we were going through emotion. Yeah, like it was just it a was okay. Well, here's we Monday. Oh check. no, I haven't read my I chapter. Read. Let me rush through. And that wasn't like us. Mm-mm. That wasn't like us at all. We had been a pretty well oiled machine because we were so hungry. Yes. And at that point, it was more of oh no, what are we cooking for everybody? What are what is everybody bringing? What chapter are we on? It yes. was. Yeah. It didn't have a peace factor for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Mm-mm. And that first one we ever did with the power of praying wife, like there was peace all over it. Right. Like mm-hmm. we knew we were supposed to do it. Yeah. But even with going stagnant for a little bit and kind of letting everything settle down and really understanding what God wanted us to do, we are expanding. Mm-hmm. We get to keep our, our core where we're the strongest at and where we can grow and where we can really dig deep to be able to expand to millions through this podcast. Like he had us in expansion. We mm-hmm. just heard and seen it wrong. Mm-hmm. We were giving in to the pressure of, can we be a part? Well, of course we want you to be a part. God is doing great things. Yes, we want you to be a part. But sometimes God doesn't allow everybody to come in in the way that we think they should come in. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we wanted to reach arms out. We want all you women to come. Yes, let's do these great things. But in meanwhile here, God's like, no, I need you to step back because when y'all start getting all these people, I can't get to y'all. Y'all get frustrated. Y'all are not sitting down in the word like you're supposed to. Y'all are not doing all these things mm-hmm. that I need you to do. I need you to listen to me. We, we don't do well in a big setting. We get all different. It's now, diluted. Yeah. Yes. But now he has us back right here where we're supposed to be and we get to minister to millions and yes I am saying millions because I'm speaking into existence because this will be a big ministry and I'm expecting to touch thousands millions billions of lives like God is going to move and there are going to be women who do not feel alone anymore when they get to listen and I'm not saying that we're the best podcast ever but we are real women who have struggles and just like every other podcast they have a ministry they have things that they're wanting to share and by gosh we're going to do that here Absolutely, mm-hmm. because there's power in your words, and your words, yes. and your words, and my words, and there's power in prayer. And when we speak positivity, and we speak love, and we speak the truth, and we speak it in the name of Jesus Christ, it is going to come to pass. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nobody should feel alone. First off, you got Jesus, and we are here. We are here to listen. We are here to pray. And I just tired of people feeling like they're alone. Like we, you have somebody. Mm-hmm. You have a man that came and died a gruesome death and died on that cross for you. And you can surround yourself in people who will fight battles with you. You should ask. I feel like he always places people in your lives or things in your lives when you're ready for it. Like, you got to get your heart ready for it. Yep. you got to receive it. Nobody's ready to humble themselves. Nobody wants to put the tire to the road. You know what I mean? Like, nobody... It's fine to talk the talk, but once you go to walk the walk, it's a little bit different because you've got to lay some stuff down about yourself. Yep. Let's pray. Let's pray over everything that we've talked about and pray over the people that are listening. So, let's do that. Lord, I would like to specifically pray that any chains be broken and walls absolutely busted down for those who feel like they have to put up a front, put up a wall, put up a screen door when they confront others. 
that they've kept so much to themselves and have that they have restricted themselves so much inside themselves that they cannot reach out to others, that they can't build friendships, that they can't build relationships, that they can't communicate. I would like to ask that they could see that they are the body, that they are a part of the body, that they are supposed to communicate, that they're supposed to reach out, that they are not alone, and that those chains and those walls of restriction be broken down in Jesus' name. To those who are having that pull to step out of their comfort zone and to begin to grow within you, Lord, I just ask that you place that confidence upon them. Lord, in the comfort of knowing that you are the one setting those stones. No, we don't see the end of that path, but God, that you place that stone in front of us one step at a time. Because God, whenever we give our trust and faith in you, Lord, that we know that there will be a better ending than what we could ever imagine. Lord, I ask that you lift up each and every one of our listeners, our viewers, God, each one of these women who are this core that you have put your faith and trust in to spread your word, to glorify you. Lord, I just ask that you be with us throughout this week, be with everyone through those struggles, through all of the, the things that life will bring at them. God, I rebuke the devil against them through this week. God, don't let him get into any crack that he may see open, Lord, but that we're able to fall on our hands and our knees, God, and lift you up in praise. Lord, I just thank you for this time. Bless this moment. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.